Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Eagle Naz Church Podcast. My name is Trevor, and I'm one of the pastors here at Eagle Naz. We hope that the next 30 minutes helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus and that you will see how God wants to move in your life. Thanks for listening. Melody told me about Prague. It was on her bucket list, and for sabbatical, we got to think a little bit about what we'd like to do to recharge and renew and, and uh, find resources for God's just restoring our hearts in this season. And uh, Prague was on her bucket list. I, I don't know, to me it sounded like grog or frog or something. And, and I had no idea about this country that was in Czechoslovakia. As she talked to me about it, her brother had gone and, and I began to warm up to the idea because Melody's all about fun and adventure, and if she says she wants to do something, I can just tell you we ought to be in. And, and so we, we headed off after Jordan and flew into Prague, into Czechoslovakia, and it was amazing. There were clock towers like you see on the screen, and, and this building was attached to the, the bridge, uh, Charles Bridge, and, and there were waterfront areas, and and uh, there was uh, turtle nick. Turtle nick is uh, dough that's pasted around a cylinder. And, and then it's basted with butter. And, and then they, they take it and they turn it in a, in a box of cinnamon and sugar. And then they put it on the spit and let it cook to golden brown. And then they take it off while you're standing there in sections put it in a bowl, and put your favorite kind of ice cream in it. <laughs> it is so delicious. And if that wasn't enough, the smells of ham wafting through the streets as the, the ham barbecues on the spit next to the turtleneck. And everywhere you walk, you think it couldn't get any better than this, only to walk through a little alley and there's a another courtyard with more incredible views. Hitler wanted to, to use this as his empire center, one of the four, and so it wasn't bombed. It was left intact completely. It's absolutely beautiful. You get lost going through the beauties of the city. I, I could tell you about it, and it might pique your curiosity a bit, but can I tell you that unless you experience it personally, it's just not the same. For when we experience personally what it's like, it gets inside of our bones and we want to go back and we can't help but tell people about it. And that reminds me of this series that we're about to jump into that I'm inviting each of us to called It's Personal. For It's Personal is a, a series all about the fact that Jesus loves us personally. And he wants to engage with us, and he cares for us. And it completely changes the game when the relationship is personal and powerful. It's a series that you don't want to miss, that I hope you'll commit every week and tell your friends to come to. Here's the problem. We live in a world that's becoming more and more impersonal. With social media, we're finding that even though we post pictures that look personal, our lives are becoming more isolated. And one of the things that we struggle with when that happens is that we begin to feel among all the people that we're not significant. Have you ever struggled with that? 
that maybe I don't matter and maybe I don't measure up. Okay, like, like what, am I the only one here today? <laughs> and, and what we want to understand today is that we are significant to Jesus. You know, our value comes from three views in our lives. A, a Christian psychologist will tell us that, that we find our significance from what others think about us, really important people in our lives, or, or like our spouse. And, and some of our significance certainly comes from how our own self-talk, what we say to ourselves about who we think we are, and then thirdly, about how we believe God sees us. And today we get to understand that we are extremely significant to our Jesus. Our value it comes from the fact that he created us. He, he loves us incredibly. We are God's dearly beloved children. We are God's dearly beloved children. What an incredible gift. And today we're going to jump into a passage where, where there's a, a man who was struggling with significance in his life. He comes from Jericho. Uh, we know Jericho as the, the city where the walls fell down and Joshua marched in and he began his conquering of the promised land. Jesus is headed through Jericho and in Jesus' day, there's a, a Herodian winter palace. It's, it's even today, they're buying up the land because it's, the climate is perfect. It's warm enough in the winter and it's, it's cool enough in the summer and it's a great agriculture area. The water uh, comes from a spring there. Elisha put salt in it and it had new life because of God's touch upon it. And it's here that uh, Herod is building uh, a, a hippodrome which is uh, where chariots race and horses race and the, the people come and, and it's kind of like the McCall of Israel. <laughs> and, and so... Herod is asking for more and more money. And there's a, a tax collector who wants a little bit more. That's kind of unusual, isn't it? He, he wants some more money to build some more things, Herod does. And, and so tax collectors go out and they ask for uh, money to pay your taxes. And, and you know it's going on, but they ask you always for a little bit more than you really need to pay. And they put the rest in their pocket. Doesn't that make you happy? But um, there's a, another group of people. That group of people is, is fairly well hated by their folks. But there's another Jewish man in the community who is the chief tax collector. He makes the money who makes, from the people who make the money from taking it from your pocket. And he saves a portion from those who have taken your money. He exacts another portion before he pays Rome. He's the chief tax collector. <clears throat> How do you feel about Zacchaeus right now? <laughs> Zacchaeus is the guy that everybody loves to dislike. And we pick up the story where Jesus is headed to the cross to redeem people who desperately need to know that they're significant before God. And he heads to the cross, but he stops along the way to a city called Jericho where he needs to meet with a man named Zacchaeus to change his life forever as he learns what we learn today, that Jesus sees us as significant. If we don't believe we're significant, life won't have meaning and not much will matter. 
But when we realize that we are beloved children of God, it changes everything. Let's stand and look at the passage. It's found in Luke chapter 19, uh, beginning with verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see Jesus, who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. You may be seated. Jesus is going to help us understand today that he... Jesus sees us as significant. Before the day is done, Jesus knows Zacchaeus' name. He knows his need. He knows his past. He knows his potential. And Jesus changed his life by making it personal. Uh, Zacchaeus, his name means pure and clean. His whole identity is uh, completely changed by his behavior. In fact, Zacchaeus, as he looks at the situation, probably wonders if he can ever even possibly change who he is before he meets Jesus. Uh, Zac isn't living up to his name. In fact, he's living exactly opposite of who God called him to be. Ever been there? You didn't mean to go there? You hadn't planned to get caught in that situation. It was never something that you wanted to be a part of your life. And now people even see you as that kind of person. And you even see yourself as that kind of person. Uh, N.T. Wright said in his commentary about Zacchaeus, wherever money changes hand, whether across a grubby table in a tin shack in a dusty small town, or across a sparkling computer screen in a shiny office on the 99th floor of a Wall Street skyscraper, the hands all too easily get dirty. Wherever money starts to talk, it shouts louder than the claims of honesty and respect and human dignity. One can only imagine the reaction of neighbors and even friends and relatives as Zacchaeus's house became more lavishly decorated. It had more slaves than others. They ran about at his bidding, and his clothes became finer, and his food richer. And everyone knew that this was their money, that, the, that Zacchaeus had no right to it. Uh, and Zac certainly, too, knew that Jesus saw right through this greedy little rich man who hated himself almost as much as others hated him. So Zac allowed himself to be defined by his behavior. Imagine the self-talk that Zach had. I'm only valuable to people because of my money. I can never climb out of the hole I've dug myself into. I'm stuck. 
and change is not possible. I'm a thief. Nobody likes me. I'm a terrible, awful, bad person. I'm not significant. Jesus offers a legitimate way to find significance in our lives by calling our name, and he reminds us of our true identity. What we must understand is that sin says, I'm not enough. But salvation says, I've had enough, because Jesus says, I am enough. Jesus continued to make it personal by going to Zach's house that day, and he built a friendship with Zacchaeus. So here's a question. Who's the Zacchaeus in your life? Who's someone in your life who thinks that their behavior has defined them, but you can look through the behavior and with the help of the Holy Spirit begin to open your life to them in a way that helps them to see their value just as Zacchaeus saw that he was loved by Jesus that day. Who's the Zacchaeus in your life? Uh, you may be a person who walked in here today feeling unimportant or insignificant, but God sees us and he knows our name. And Jesus knows that we matter. Uh, there are things that we say to ourselves, like I'm not lovable, or I've gone too far, or I don't have value. I can never break this habit. I don't measure up. I'm overlooked, and I'm worthless. But Jesus looks up into the tree that we're in, the place that we're stuck, and he sees us as, as significant, and he calls us to come down. Zach's probably in the tree that day because he's curious, not because he wants to change. Uh, like to look at some ways that we understand from the passage that Zacchaeus is finally ready to come down from that tree. Uh, number one, we know that Zacchaeus is being moved on by the Holy Spirit when he comes, becomes curious about Jesus. He runs ahead and he climbs up to the tree and he, he looks and he wonders what this Jesus could be about. And he wonders if there might be a possibility that the stories about him are true. Uh, Zach then becomes uh, changed by Jesus when Jesus begins to mention his name. And he says, Zacchaeus, and something resonates in his spirit in a way that has never happened before. Much has happened with Mary Magdalene when she was at the cross and she was brokenhearted and she believed that Jesus was never coming back from the grave. And Jesus, just by mentioning her name, reveals that he knows who she is and something awakens within her heart in a powerful and wonderful way. And Zacchaeus begins to become ready to come down the, from the tree when he realizes that Jesus knows his name and that he knows our name. He knows who we are and he knows what we need. And so Zacchaeus uh, encounters Jesus in a personal way. I, there's something that I think is worthy of note. Did you, did you notice in the passage how all of the people grumbled about Zacchaeus. In fact, they can't stand him. In fact, they don't want God to like him. Did you notice it? They said, Jesus has gone home to have lunch with him. Zacchaeus is ready to come down from the tree because Jesus calls his name and knows who he is and loves him 
as he is. If Jesus had treated Zacchaeus the way that the people want to treat Zacchaeus, he would have stayed in that tree. So if we want people to fall in love with the Jesus that we know and love, then they have to feel safe enough in our presence to know that they're loved and accepted so that they'll come down out of that tree. Uh, Zacchaeus feels that. It becomes personal. He feels safe with Jesus. Uh, the next thing we say, see is that uh, Zacchaeus was told by Jesus, hurry down. It's time to make a change in your life. It's interesting that the Scripture says in verses 5 and 6 that Zacchaeus was ready to change, and he hurried down from that tree. Now, one of the, the things that happens in our lives that causes us to feel not valued or significant is when sin breaks into our lives, it destroys relationships, it breaks hearts, and we find ourselves in habits and struggles that we never dreamed possible, and, and we feel less than because of those events. And, and the Scripture shows us that, that Jesus offers us the ability to change. He says, you can change. You can be different. That I, I just want to emphasize in this passage of Scripture today, we can change. Yes. By the power of God, I don't know how long Zacchaeus was taking people's money and how long he was identified in a certain way by his behavior, but I know that one moment with Jesus Christ changed him forever. We have the capacity to change by the power of Jesus Christ. Yeah. We have the power to change by the influence of Jesus Christ within us. What is there that you have looked at in your life that says, that's just me, that's how I'm wired? That's how I've always been. That's how I've known. People wouldn't even know how to treat me if I didn't act like I do. I'm the grumpy guy. I'm the one who, I'm the, this is, the scripture teaches us that Zacchaeus was able to change one encounter with Jesus. He hurried down from the tree. He allowed Jesus into his world. And one of the marks that we're ready to make a change is that Jesus created great joy in his life and a testimony in his heart. Zacchaeus gets in Jesus' life, and all of a sudden, he is filled with joy. It was joy unlike any that all the money in his life had tried to create, and the illegitimate means to find fulfillment didn't work, but one moment with Jesus, and he's filled with joy. One of the marks that we're being changed and ready to change by Jesus is that he fills our heart with joy. Did you know that Christians can smile, and it's okay? And he hurries down the tree, and he's smiling. He's filled with joy. And, and here's a, a third mark that we find with Zacchaeus that shows us that he's ready to come down from the tree, is that he's willing to make lasting, impactful, immediate, meaningful change in his life. Get this. Zacchaeus is rich. He's not just rich. He's stinking rich. He drips money wherever he goes. You see Zacchaeus? And people either hate him for it or they hate him because they can't be like that, but they can't believe. And, and that's who he is. But Zacchaeus says, this day, one meeting with Jesus, half of my wealth I give to the poor. 
Think of the richest person you know. They've been grumbled about for all of these years. How do you think the testimony changed when Bill Gates gave half of his fortune to the poor? It was that kind of change. He was the Bill Gates of the town, and he gave nothing in the Bible said that he had, nothing in the law said that he had to do that. He just, God changed his heart and changed him from greedy to generous. And he just started giving his money away. He took the, the, the aptitude or the, the characteristic and he just turned it upside down. It be, you see, it's not our human capability to change. It's the capacity that God gives us to change an area of our life and make it completely opposite of what it once was. And God receives incredible glory when we are changed for his benefit. And Zacchaeus then returns an incredible favor to those that he have done wrong. Zacchaeus knocks on the door. Ah, dude, not again. I paid my taxes already. And they only send you when it's the worst of the worst. You think that they can squeeze blood from a turnip, and you are living proof it's true. I'm not here for that. I don't represent Rome. I just wanted to come in. Could I have a minute? No, you can't come in the door. I hate you. Well, just, just give me one minute. I, I just wanted to give you what? I just wanted to give you something. Do you have a bowl? It's like the jackpot. Do you think Zacchaeus' past was anything but a testimony in the future? You see, sometimes we look at our past and we think it can never be used by God. But when God changes us, when we're ready to come down the tree, we're afraid to come down the tree because what will people think and, and they'll never accept when Zacchaeus realizes he is loved and money is no longer his security blanket, he gives it away and his testimony becomes powerful because that's what happened when the things that gave us meaning and value no longer have significance because Jesus Christ has touched our heart and it makes all the difference in the world and he's changed and he gives it away and his testimony, that's what happens when we're ready to come down the tree, when we're ready to make a, a, a lasting, meaningful change. A buddy of mine quit smoking after 25 years. I said, how did you do it? He said, well, I tried many times. And, and I'd get to the end of a pack of cigarettes and think I'm going to quit now. And, and that day he said, uh, there, was, there was one day when I had a pack that was almost full and something in my heart changed. And I wanted freedom more than I wanted a smoke. And he said, I took that pack of cigarettes that was completely full and I threw them in the trash. And you know you're ready to come down from the tree when you could hold on to the old resources that you had and they're still even there. But you decide that Jesus is so much better and he's filled you with joy and you've had a personal encounter with him and you've met him and you love him and, and, and you've seen him and he's invited you into, well, he, he's let you come into your house is what happened. And Zacchaeus is completely, radically different in that time and he has a brand new testimony. He's willing to make lasting, meaningful, immediate change in his life and give away all those things. When we respond to Jesus' offer of a personal, impacting encounter with him, we are changed forever. 
God whispers our name and he unveils our destiny just as he did with Zacchaeus that day when he said, Zacchaeus, you are pure and clean. You are generous and kind. You are good. And you are loved deeply by me. And Jesus came in and ate with him. I I just have this conviction that if Jesus had said to him, Zach, clean up your act, he would have never come down from the tree. If he'd said to him, Zacchaeus, give me your money right now. Give your money to the poor. You see, sometimes we want people to change before they have an encounter with Jesus. But it's not our job to change people. It's our job to love people and let God do what he wants on their heart. Can I have an amen? Amen. And that's what happens with Zacchaeus, and, and he's radically changed that day. And our capacity to bring glory to God and reconciliation to our world is tied directly to our understanding that God knows our name and that we're significant before him. He tells Zacchaeus a wonderful list of things. He says, you're a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus was completely ostracized from the community of the Jewish people. He had taken bribes and taken money, and he was not allowed to worship. He wasn't allowed to be in the temple. He wasn't allowed to do anything in the normal community. And Jesus says, (coughs) Zacchaeus, I just want you to know you're part of now. I am letting you in completely. You're you're a child of Abraham. Your name is back. Your identity is restored. I believe you can change. God bless a community like that. He he goes further and he says, not only are you a member of the family and the community, but I declare you clean. Salvation, you are pure and clean. Salvation has come to this house today. Jesus loves to see people made clean and pure. Could could I just camp there for a moment? Would you let me? Pure and clean. Pure and clean. Jesus can make our hearts white as snow. Though our sins be as scarlet, they can be like wool. Jesus Christ is the heart cleansing person and and he loves us and he can make us brand new and he can give us a new heart and it's not just a a, a platitude in scripture it's real Jesus Christ can clean our hearts and let us live the life we were meant to live we can be pure and clean by the power of Jesus if there's some area that you believe that it can never be clean it can never be pure it can never be washed let me tell you God is greater than your doubts And when we change things, it changes things. When we begin to say, God, yes, I'm willing to believe that you can change my life. Zacchaeus uh, is told by Jesus, you're a lovable and you're a capable person and you you belong and you have significance and, and I want to fulfill my purpose in you. And world, look out when we realize that we are loved by Jesus Christ. And it changes everything for Zacchaeus. Today, Jesus is calling our names. He's telling us today, I think, something for all of us in this room. I want to remind you, child of God, that you are significant to me. I created you. I love you. I value you. I went to the cross for you. Sometimes we can just think, I don't matter that much. What I do is not that important. Let me tell you, your value is not determined by what you do. It is determined by the price that was paid for you on the cross by Jesus who created you. And he is immensely valuable. 
And he declares that you are his son and you are his daughter and you have incredible value. And that's his personal statement to us. When we know that, it changes our lives. We, have to, we don't have to do, we, we simply have to be. And out of that comes our doing as a result of who Jesus is in our life. There might be somebody today who says, I just walked in here and, and I've never met Jesus Christ and I want to meet him. Wouldn't today be a great day to come down out of that tree? Wouldn't today be a great day to come out of that tree? Move from curious to changed. The prayer team will be over in that room and they would love to pray for you. We have a conviction here that nobody ought to live life alone. That's why we love have life groups and we have prayer teams like that. So if you want to be prayed over for anything that you're carrying today, that room is available today. And in a moment, we're going to take communion. And that's a reminder that we are Jesus' loved children. I'm going to invite you in just a moment to get up and come and get the elements and dip in that cup. And, and I'll say a prayer before that we do that. But the words are, uh, my body broken for who? For you. My blood shed for you. It was given to the disciples who felt unworthy. They were betraying Jesus and they thought surely they couldn't be okay. And Jesus says, every time you come together, Remember this. We're going to be taking communion for the next few weeks just to remind us that it's personal, that Jesus Christ loves us with an incredible love. If you're a person that has a need for gluten-free elements, they're over on my right at that far station. So as the music plays, let me pray and then just get right up. You'll take the elements. You'll dip them carefully in the, the juice. Keep your fingers out of the juice. And you'll take the bread. Amen, he says. And just be reminded, would you? I've been praying for this service. You'll be reminded as you take the elements. Your value is not determined by your thought of yourself. Your value is determined by what Jesus says about you and what he paid for you. Let me pray. And then just if you'll come right up and receive the elements and go back to your seat. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to receive the elements today. Thank you for the opportunity to remind it that even if we are like Zacchaeus and find ourselves alienated in some area and we think we don't measure up, that you come and you seek us out in the crowd and you remind us that we are to be pure and clean. You remind us of our identity. You call us out. Father, we thank you for the body broken for us. We thank you for the blood that you shed for us. Thank you for reminding us of our value that is personal today. As some come to pray and we all come to receive elements together, would you just bless this moment with the presence of your Holy Spirit? We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.